You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> and then we're with Constantine in bed at his hotel in Margate, in which the title card says Margate. And he's awoken with a call, and it's Edina. Wow. We were wondering if we'd ever hear <laughs> from or about this bitch ever again. And the writer said, yes, just before Constantine dies. Which, of course. So Constantine answers the call like he's expecting a car insurance salesman. Right. Which is interesting because it's a hotel. How do you get unwanted calls at a hotel, Constantine? But I guess I shouldn't yell Constantine. Laura! But it's rhetorical. You're not a good writer. So that would be my answer. And it's not a salesman. It's Arena. And she's pissed. She's got that energy, which is appropriate energy for her dad. That makes sense to me since bitch was left in jail. And she says as much that her new boss, Alain, has gotten her out. And I said, not Alain. Out here grooming another young girl doing what she do. Yeah, but she is. But she is. (laughs) And Constantine's like... Yo, whatever you think, you're not free. That's not how this works. And Adina's like, wow, wow. Imagine you trying to give fatherly advice. Imagine you trying to say anything to me when I'm trying to figure out what kind of father lets his daughter rot in prison. And I, too, have those same questions, Constant. You are without many morals. You are without a lot of ethics. But the one ethic you held onto was keeping someone in prison who shouldn't be there. Okay, cool. And she says something like, after she made her points, he says that he was trying to help her. But I actually don't believe that. And neither does Adina. And she says, maybe if you had done that earlier instead of helping shithead. He's like, oh, shithead. She's like, who the fuck do you think? Villanelle. Because, of course. But that maybe if I work for the 12, you will pay attention to me. Which is sad because she's still seeking attention from her daddy. Seeking approval from her dad, who obviously was not thinking about her. Constantine wants to know where she is. But she's like, you know the rules, old man. (laughs) I can't tell you where I'm at. But I got a job. Bye. Click. (laughs) Click, click. And, well. That's the end of the call for Constantine. Uh, and there's so many ways for me to just eject how I want to interpret this. But it's like I have to go with how it was written. And so motivations just have to be what they are as they were exposed to us. But it's the way how in my heart of hearts I feel that Irina would not have been on the Lady and Red's radar had Constantine Whoa. tried not to muscle his way out of training Pam. Disagree. And disagree. I'll open the floor for Adina, the disagree. Adina ran over her stepdad with a car before she's old enough to drive. That is the kind of shit the 12 looks for. Adina would absolutely be on the 12's radar, if not Alain, someone else. I think it's just a bonus that she could fuck with Constantine by taking his daughter. But I think, I mean, I said it when we saw Arena do that. I was like, oh, she's trying to be an assassin. She's trying to be in the 12. She's trying to be like her daddy. She's trying to be like Villanelle. And so I expected that. I mean, if someone's looking for kids to mold and groom who have the capacity for murder, where do you go? Juvie, in which people have murdered <laughs> and their parents have fucked off and they're not in their lives. And so you have a way to be like, let me be and step in as your new parent. Let me step in as your new guardian. Let me show you I care. I love. That's literally what Alain does with her grooming. And so Adina bit because daddy wasn't calling. Daddy wasn't visiting. Daddy was being a mayor in some random Russian town. And now he's running around town with Pam. And I'm sure Alain was like, you know what your daddy doing? He trained Pam. Ooh. Look at them. They was having ice cream the other day. And she was like, wow. Okay. Fuck him. Because Alain is on that bullshit. Like she's definitely an instigator. Like that fucking bastard basketball meme with Mark instigator a no, stretcher no, yeah, professor, before. Right, right, she's a professional right, right, instigator right. so that's why I'm like yeah they definitely was gonna get Edina the whole time and the fact that Constantine didn't make sure Edina was got in his way like with his influence is just an L another L he takes before he takes the ultimate L of death yeah sad for him because he was supposedly working on a plan a non-plan to get out but hearing that his daughter is in I'm sure that doesn't work well with whatever plans he was trying to finagle and work through so yeah Gotta be quicker than that, Constantine. <laughs> like, how you just forget halfway through? Oh, yeah, my daughter. <laughs> uh, to be mad with many worries. But yeah, at the same time, no worries. It's when I'm not worried that I'm worried. Yeah, okay. It's when I'm not afraid that I should be afraid. Well, after such a call has taken place, we get the title card of Salzburg because we are visiting Carolyn, who is following her hunch that she got from the uh, small... Ledger. The ledger, ledger notebook she got from Laws. Yes. And she's in a bird-themed hotel. There's a gentleman that comes uh, 
to her side and sets down a drink for her. He's, He's like very a much mage. giving out back uh, nature right, dude on TV. Right. It's appropriate to talk about this old man with his long hair and his extremely beige attire. It's giving 1984, like, crikey. The very first thing I thought of when I saw him was uh, the lead uh, antagonist in Jumanji. <laughs> Where, uh, what do you, how do I describe this character? The character with the shotgun. That was in the jungle. That was chasing around. There's no image coming up. Mm-mm. All right, so I shall withdraw. Are you from talking my about the dude who who fought the Velociraptors? But he had swag. This guy had none. This guy was old and like decrepit, which made me wonder how he's getting jobs anyway to murk somebody when it looks like he needs cream for his needs. Like he needs icy hot to get up in the morning. So I don't know why he's still on the payroll with his <laughs> fashions and his heyday probably being in the eighties. Well, yes, I already mentioned that he enters in. That he sets down this drink for Carolyn. And of course, she definitely does make comments about his attire and the colors. Yeah, he makes a comment about birds and wondering what retirement would be like if he hadn't found birds. Mm-hmm. And then Carolyn's like, yes, but look at you, beige. Beige everywhere. <laughs> and then makes a comment about being a fan of the draft. But she wasn't a fan of the draft. Draft is a beautiful creature. And there was also this ominous, if you want to give it ominous, the weight of ominous, where he says something to the effect of the feeling of being so close to something. That being you, inches yes. from the thing that you've been looking for. And that is extremely ominous because Carolyn is there looking for something in relation to Kenny. And that's his way of saying, I know why you're here. I am somehow inveigled in the things that inveigle you here. Maybe the 12, maybe MI6. We never find out. I'm going to go ahead and assume the 12. And Carolyn gets a look on her face like, oh, okay, so you're in the life. Because that's what the look gave. Like, Mm. you're not just here making conversation about birds. You are here on some assassin nonsense or secret, secret spy bullshit. And then we suddenly see Vlad, who appears with some goons. And they approach Carolyn. And she's kind of like, oh, shit, not you too. Not both these men here. And Vlad does not look happy. He calls Carolyn out and (laughs) she's like, well, would you like to order lunch? Because I hear the schnitzel is good. And every time I think of schnitzel, I think of the worst throwing up day in my life with that tofu schnitzel. Oh, wow. I was going to die. Yeah, it was was bad. I promised a German friend I would eat his schnitzel. And I was a vegetarian at the time and he made me tofu schnitzel. And it was just, it was not right for me in my tummy, the grease, the thing. And then later that day, I was at an art show and then there were hookahs and then there was red velvet cake. And I only mentioned the red velvet cake because when it came up with the schnitzel, it looked like I was vomiting blood. Like, are you dying? No, it's... It's red velvet with schnitzel tofu, and right. it looks okay. like guts mm-hmm. um, because it was literally projectile. Oh, I'm sitting up. Oh, here's the throw up like fucking cartoon. Here's mm-hmm. me trying to get down the stairs. Here's me over here. Oh, throw up. Here's me to the bathroom. Throw up, throw up. By the time I get to the bathroom, what's it left? It was so empty. Right, 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 right. It was a trail and it looked like a it looked like a crime scene. And so people were concerned and it was the red velvet. But yeah, he suggested the schnitzel. I had a shudder and a flashback oh, at the no. schnitzel because... No, thank you. Do we cut away? I think we do. After we have that line about the schnitzel, we're back to Constantine and Pam at some cafe. And Constantine looks like shit. And Pam notices he looks like (laughs) shit and tells him so and wants to know what's wrong. And he's like, nothing. But Pam says he looks like an angry Angry Santa Santa Claus, which I have definitely called Constantine before, which is funny. And Constantine asks if she's here to work or give him grief. So it's like, okay, look at that attitude. You're literally confirming that something's wrong. And she's like, okay, well, maybe a bit of both. And I think to close out this scene, he just puts some whipped cream in her hot cocoa. And then she asks him after he puts in the whipped cream to the hot cocoa, what's up for the day? Who does she need to kill to get him to smile? And I suppose that was cute. For some little assassin, assassin minty banter. And he says to look behind her and forget training, that she's young, she needs to go and have fun, and that he'll call her later. And then he leaves her sitting there with her drink, and we spend like an additional 30 to 40 seconds just looking at Pam, and I mm-hmm. wonder why we spend those additional seconds looking at Pam before we're back to Carolyn and Vlad. Vlad uh, mentions to Carolyn that it's not like her to waste a good sherry, and she, you know, gestures if he wants to, you know, go ahead and take a whiff and a sniff and a sip. And he could go ahead and do that. You but forget he... Carolyn's saying, you come to drag the rat back to Russia? She's talking about herself. She's like, you come to get me? You coming to get me, sir? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she she already, she left him a rat in Havana in, in his safe house. And so, yeah, that, of course, did go down. Oh, yes. And as the sherry rises up, uh, she does caution him that, yes, that weird beige gentleman did buy that drink for her. And she does have strong indications that she believes the drink to be poisoned. And 
thinks that he is a definite member of the Twelve. She starts, and to that's give after him- he had points out, which is I think why she says it that she has betrayed everybody, him, Russia, her own country, her own people. And after he points that out, she's like, "Yeah, about that. That drink, though." You might want to check that yeah. shit because I'm pretty sure it's poison because of that man over there. And I'm sure Vlad's like, of course, of course. <laughs> Everyone's mad at you, Carolyn, and they should be. So she begins to offer up some info, the download about the 12 that she was able to work through. She mentions to him in this scene, in this scene seemingly alone in the whole series, that they operate in cells and that Lars was a leader of one of the cells. And then although he is dead, his ledger had dates on potential meats, which led her to the barn swallow, which was the Austrian national bird. And the hotel is surrounded by bird images. So uh, this is why, you know, Vlad gives her a compliment. I don't want to say against his will. I'm sure he definitely respects her still, even though she's on her own side. He calls her the best and then mentions that MI6 must have been drunk to fire her. And that gives Carolyn her aha moment. Where she oh, she actually has it. She has it before that. She has her aha moment and then Vlad compliments her about being the best because she's going through the rundown of the 12 and information and she has a thought while she's saying all that, interrupts herself to write it down. And then Vlad is like, well, you always were the best. Okay. As inspiration strikes, right, she writes her potential location hypothetical down and then she offers Vlad a deal. She wants to return to London. It's not to- a deal. It's a suggestion. <laughs> when you are bargaining from a point of strength, maybe you can make a deal. Well, She's that's, just being you, That is true. That is that is a fair assessment. Right. So Carolyn would like to return to London to face what needs to be faced. But in her place, she would like to offer to the Russians that uh, elderly assassin that's still in Vega with 12. I mean, I guess we're supposed to believe he's an assassin. They do nothing to confirm any of those things. But we'll go with that elderly assassin because why not? And then from there, we're back with Gunn and Villanelle in a bush and they're hunting. And these, these hoes are eating twigs or whatever as they wait for prey with their binoculars. And Villanelle has them on in the moment. And Gunn is asking what she's seeing. And Villanelle's like, hairy pigs. And then mm-hmm. Gunn picks up her bow and she's looking through the scope, I guess, to see the hairy pigs and says, white boars. <laughs> I guess because she has to correct Villanelle. She was like, that's Tommy and Angela. Like, I, like, I know well, that. I don't know about <laughs> that because she be eating them. Oh, well, I don't know if she no, names that, her, that's her kills. That is true. She, I think she was being a little rude, like, not hairy pigs. They're white boars. This is the right answer, especially because she seemed like she's a little bit of a controlling bitch. What we see later, and then Villanelle sees the bow that she's pulled up to look through the scope with, and she's like, so wait a minute. Is that what you shot me with? Is that the thing? And Gunn is just like, shh, shh, don't ask me questions. And Villanelle, shh, shushes her right back. She's like, what? You mean don't ask me. Don't shush me. I'll shush you. Then Gunn gets distracted because there's a sound, and she looks over to her left, and she's like, oh, look, there's something over there that's better. <laughs> Presumably better than a white boar to eat or just hunt for fun. Because I'm like, if you hunt every day, you probably got hella meat. What you doing? Probably wasting gun, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Agreed on that. So, yes, the hunt does change targets and we get a cut. We are now back at the Hotel of One Eve. Last year, I was about to say home, but it's a hotel. And Martin is here visiting Eve off of his compound outside of uh, Broadmoor. He's he's. Why do you, Martin doesn't have a compound. He had a house. No, I just That's how like, it was penetrated by no, no, criminals. Yeah, I was calling He it literally a, just has a suburban home. No, I know. But I just felt like it felt high tech to a point where just for the way the, the door worked, I was just like, It's oh, giving is... Vanessa, can you see me? I'm sorry. High tech. Bill Gates got a high tech house where the temperature changes when you come inside. He just had a jaunty door. Okay. He just had this a jaunty is, door. He had a jaunty door in suburbia, <sighs> might I add. Poor Martin. I think he does need to get a compound for his own. Uh, so Martin is here. I, well, I was just trying to say he's here out in the open. And I don't imagine a Martin Why enjoys would being out in the open. Well, I don't know. This show doesn't have to make sense. And this Martin is not traumatized. Because why should he fear a villanelle? You know she's not in jail, but she's no longer a concern of his. And they have not addressed any of those things about villanelle not being in jail. So he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. And he isn't. He's here to give Eve some help because he feels like he owes her. And in a sense, I guess he does. Because Eve did dime out villanelle to get Martin help right away. Even though that help did not show up before the police. Still, we know that Martin got help eventually and came to him. Right, right. Because he's here. Right, right. No, right. And so he's basically asking Eve, well, what does help look like to her? Eve is looking wild, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Can't leave that out, that she is looking nervous. The camera starts on her leg, which is bouncing up and down, which can be a bit of a nervous habit. 
Some people do it when they're restless, like myself. Other people do it when they're stressed out, different triggers. But it definitely is, seems to be indicating a bit of a darker nihilistic trend in Eve. Like she is deeply unsettled that she can't even sit still because of what's going on in her mind. Untethered. And I think Martin can tell. Probably could tell from the text, uh, the sound of her voice. No one, oh, here go Eve again. <laughs> and if I were Martin, I probably would be guessing that she was on the sliding scale. But given all the times Martin has seen Eve, just the different spaces he's seen her in to see her progression, he knows the girl's in a danger zone. And Eve delivers, well, I like everything that Sandra O chooses to do here in this scene. So Eve is looking for the words because she's, She's now she has to vocalize what she's what she said she wants. She wants help, right? And he's like, What is what does it look like? So she's working through thoughts and she's like, you know, everything I have set out to do. And she's like, wait, 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 let me I used to be married. You know, I played bridge, you know, I did karaoke. Well, she actually says, Did you know I used to be married? Which I thought was actually a kind of a fucked up line to write if you're Laura, because literally the thread I did on Twitter that was talking about even series two, she's seeing Martin. They have a pretty significant conversation. It's acting pretty intensely. Mm -hmm. And she says when he asked her, how are things at home? My husband left me. Mm -hmm. So Martin is a smart guy. I think he's an attentive guy. I don't think he would have forgotten that. I think it was a bit of a clunky writing situation. Oh, agreed. So I just wanted to say that because it's weird. To say, did you know I was married? Yes, he does. No, actually. He has your fucking file. And he's had it for quite some time. Mm -hmm. He knows everything about you, Eve, that is public knowledge. Uh, after she mentions, you know, playing bridge and doing karaoke, she said, I just watched a woman bleed to death and killed a man. And and this is the part where Martin, I guess, and I guess in a session that is not with Eve Palastri, would want to shine some light into it. But she's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, he was awful. Don't, like, don't worry about it. And, and well, I continues. think he says, wait, I hold on, because <laughs> I believe there are rules for psychiatrists and things of that nature that if you have knowledge of a direct crime, you actually have to go to the police. And so I think he was saying, like, wait, you can't just tell me shit like this and me hold oh, on to yeah, this information. Oh, yeah, as a responsible person, right. I have a duty. Yeah. Mm. He has an oath. Yeah. And so I think that's what he was trying to interject. And she just being evil. It's like, don't even worry about it. It's like, he was a bad person. <sighs> yeah, don't even worry about it. Okay. And she also says that she wanted to, that she wanted to kill him. And so she did. Right. She said, right. And then she's like, I want a villain L gone. And now she's gone. And unbelievably, I survived. And it's like, well, it is unbelievable that you survived. And doesn't Martin say, well done. (laughs) That's exactly. It's good to survive. And here go Eve. For what? For what? Hmm? For what? And we get a fourth wall break into the camera. And I did like that performance from Mm -hmm. Sandra O. And if you was looking at the script and thinking this, Sandra O, you probably like, for what? No. (laughs) No, because she said, but but why? No, right. So for what? And but why? Right. She talks about the cells. Mm-hmm. If the cells keep dividing and it's endless, what is the fucking point? And Martin says to her, all we can do in life is try to find some joy in the little things. A glass of wine, doing a crossword puzzle with the most perfect mechanical pencil. And the reason that we're here is to know ourselves. But the most important thing you can do right now is to go to the people that love you, who understand you, and know your soul. And that is once again Martin's sage advice. They bring him in for the sage advice, starting with Emeralds for Eve. And uh, Eve got some tears. Eyes are glassy. She Mm, seems a bit mm. overcome, a bit overwhelmed. You get the idea that she's thinking about Villanelle because it has to be Villanelle. And then Martin takes some cream. He's like, wait a minute, if I could just hold that. Because I really like these in my Cheerios. He sets one down in front of her. She picks it up, wipes her tears, and says he's going to need a whole lot more creamers if he's trying to fill his trio bowl. And then after that, we're back to gun. And Villanelle in the woods with a fire. Being gay in the woods with a fire. And Gunn is asking about the woman <laughs> who was with her when she got shot in Margate. And why she said nobody. <laughs> because she's going to talk about it. That's why. Because she's not interested in regaling Gunn with her stories of, from at this point, she probably feels unrequited at this moment. Because she definitely felt requited, but maybe she's feeling unrequited right now because of the whole drama with Elaine, and she's definitely feeling jealous about it. And then Gunn, trying to squirm on in with some shit, says, you know people can rot you too. You gotta cut the rot out before it kills you. It's like, well, Mm. I don't know about that line and its relevance to Villanelle. I suppose they just wanted to give Gunn something poignant to say, but I don't, I wouldn't describe Eve as a rot. For Villanelle, uh, that's not that's not the analogy that I would use. I think Eve has not caused rot, but she's caused hurt. She's wounded. And they right. both wounded each other physically and emotionally in a lot of ways. Yes. But rot indicates decay, something that's dead. And the chemistry and whatever between Eve and Villanelle is not 
dead. It's very much alive, as are their feelings. And so I don't know what that line was there for. Maybe to show that Gunn didn't know what she was talking about. But if she was asking about her, why would she think she knows what she's talking about when Eve said nothing? So I think it's more clunky writing, honestly. From the writers, because I'm not really vibing with it. What if we take that exact scene, and sadly we can't because it's already done and it's over. It's in print and it's rolled. We got the film. And instead of Gunn asking about or mentioning or referring to the girl who was cradling her back in Margate that she was talking about. So I heard you went back home. What? No, I wouldn't like that at all, actually. You're referring to her mom? Yeah, Absolutely not. No. Reject. Throw it into the fire. If someone was going to bring up Villanelle's mom and she's going to talk about it, it's going to be Eve. Otherwise, I don't give a damn. Leave it in Suzanne's season. That's how I feel about it. Wouldn't like it. And I'm glad it didn't happen. Why would she know? That's absurd. Like, Constantine is allegedly one of the few people that knew her family members were alive and where to find them. And presumably, Constantine knows the highest, the highest people up at the 12 mil. That would indicate mm. Ellen and other people. Why the fuck would Gunn know when she's a minion? She's someone to do the work, the dirty work. And if she brought it up, like I said, that's not your business. And Villanelle might have actually shanked her if she says something about, I heard you went home. What? Slice the throat. Like, that's not your business. What you mean? You don't got that space. Eve might have something to say if she finds out from someone else, which I wanted through an Ellen, potentially, or a Constantine. She killed her mom and then she can try to bring it up with Villanelle, but no one else. I just so. think from a clunky writing standpoint, us wondering how she knew about her mom and getting the lines of, uh, you know, um, that people can rot you too, that you've got to cut the rot out before it kills you to come from a place of, I understand why you did what you did. I still say no. No, I'm not saying that it's, I'm saying what we got you're trying to make it less clunky but the whole situation in the scenario of gun for me changes if you're asking oh. me and then that's perhaps more tied into the killing eve project and things ideas people want to do about rewriting season three and four because the whole thing has to change no no you're trying you're it's right. like trying to fit a, a triangle block into a square hole. no no, no yeah fit. i got you so so i'm let's, like let's, i reject all of it. right let's abandon like the suppositions i, I already you. abandoned it because gun Talking to Villanelle by her mom? Absolutely not. That would have pissed me off entirely. More so than Faux mentioning Raymond. Because you don't take the closest things in the show to the most vulnerable things for the characters and then give it to an aside character that just got here. No way. So I'm glad they didn't do that. If it's going to be clunky, be clunky about Eve. At least it's relevant because she saw Eve with her own eyes. Saw Eve cradling her. Saw what looked to be love. Saw despair. And her screaming for help. And so if you're gone, you're like, she loves you. <laughs> She's your protector. She's upset. And there's only one person I can see outside right now that's upset that you're down because Elena's is over there smiling and it's Eve. So who is she to you? And she already knows because she's she's on the sapphic genre. So she's like a girl screaming like that, a woman screaming like that for you really cares. And so she was probably jealous then, if I had to guess, of an Eve Palastri. But oh, gun. Gun, gun, gun. Uh, so after the look of I, I, a version of acknowledgement that Villanelle gives after hearing that uh, you've got to cut the ride out before it kills you, uh, they cut back to Margate. We're at that fair again. Oh, I was also going to mention that if there was rot that was being caused, it was Eve's marriage. Eve's marriage was rotting, not what she has with Villanelle. With Villanelle, it's more like miracle grow. You put it in the <laughs> soil and you flourish and you grow where perhaps Villanelle once had a barren heart, <laughs> to use that <laughs> phrase. Now there are flowers, a bit of flowers. Some roses have bloomed where other people have tried to pluck or stomp them out. Eve has helped them grow. But yes, after that, we are at the carnival with Pam and that boy. And uh, I just want to talk for a second about the 12 going digital because it's absurd. Because Pam gets a postcard, apparently, and it's the 12, apparently, because it's a digital postcard, because they're all digital now. Apparently, and instead of sending an actual postcard, they send digital ones. Through what? Through text? <laughs> Through email? Through Snapchat, how Through and why? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And mm. they don't just send the information. They're not like, here's this text, here's this thing that is decoded or hidden. It's a fucking picture of a postcard with a front and a back because they're sending two photos. And we see that Pam gets this motherfucking photo <laughs> that she has to scroll through. Picture one, picture two to see what's going on. And we see the card says Margate. And on the back of it, it says Sunday fun day. And so we can presume that that means her next job is in Margate and it's going to be on Sunday. And then after that she walks and runs into the boy that she likes at the food truck. Yes, and so she approaches him and asks if he wants to hang out. Is there by the hog roast truck that uh, her friend usually is not in. He's usually by the rides, but he of course, he's he's got all the keys, so he's everywhere. And he mentions to her that yeah, he's he would, but he's stuck. He's stuck in the hog roast truck. 
And while nobody's really around, he tells her to come on in because, you know, screw the rules. You know, I, if I'm going to be stuck here, I don't want to be stuck here alone. Screw the rules. And then someone comes up and they order some of the meats. And he's over here trying to sell the serving. And she is watching this boy and his lack of technique. And she's like, no, no, no. <laughs> and she's like, let let me. And she, so she takes it. And then she decides to carve by whose standard, who knows, just maybe... He was cutting against maybe a grain or the way things flow. She was like, "This is that's not what you do with this flesh. Let, let me take it. She she offers the a serving size out. He's like, first off, this looks pristine. He's like, how did you even do that? And she basically just kind of tells him, um, you know, it's all about making dead things look nice. Yep, that is the title of the episode. But this whole entire scene was a wash for me. I don't care that it happened. It was irrelevant, ultimately, in the grand scheme. But from there... We are back with Gun and Villanelle lounging by the fire. And Gun offers Villanelle some worms. And uh, I feel like Villanelle's like, worms, bitch? That's how you court out here in the forest? Worms. Yeah. Are these even seasoned worms? A little piece of salt on the worms. It's raw worm. Straight out the soil. I don't know why Gun is like this. <laughs> Gun implies that they're delicious. And I'm like, oh, who's standard, girl? On what taste bud ranking, girl? Because I feel like even bitches consuming worms, they... You could saute a worm, right? Like, you could try to do something with a worm. Right. You just said Raw they straight out the ground. Worm. Wiggling. Wiggling. Mm. I will have these worms. No, thank you. And Villanelle's like, no, thank you. And just, like, looks off into the sky, probably thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> probably also thinking about Eve, if I had to guess. Like, what's she doing? I wonder what her skin smells like right now. Because then she asks Gunn if she's lonely. Right. And Gunn says that she has her animals, and the animals are good company because humans are dreadful. Fair. That's, that's what Villanelle's <laughs> answer is, because humans can be pretty dreadful. And then Gunn offers her a drink and says it's moonshine. It's pretty grotesque the way moonshine is. Vanel smells it. Doesn't seem like it smells great, but she drinks it anyway. And Gunn laughs, and then she has some more herself. And then Villanelle asks her why Gunn did not kill Alain herself. And uh, Gunn is like, she wanted to see what Villanelle would do. And Villanelle's like, okay, yeah, but no. Why (laughs) did you want this bitch dead is really my question. And then Gunn tells her a little fucking story about how when she was young, her entire village was wiped out by a poisoned water source and that her parents died. So she left and went to Paris and longed for the country once again. And the animals and the trees and the freedom and that Alain is the person that offered that to her and gave her the island. And then Villanelle's like, wait a goddamn second. You got this fucking island? You got an island out of it? The way I only had a Paris flat. What? And so... I feel like Gunn is like, yeah, girl, you should have checked should've the file print right, right, right. about what you could have got. Mm-hmm. And then she continues that she realized not long ago that Alain was just using her. And for me, this was code for a sexual relationship. And the way that I know Alain was jaunting all over and through the neighborhood with all the girls <laughs> that were under her, I really do think that wherever Alain thought it would be apt to use sexual energy to get what she wanted, she added it. Mm. And then if it wasn't necessary, she wouldn't have it there. There's no way she flirts with Villanelle. There's no way she fucking flirts with Eve and all the women we've seen that she doesn't fucking flirt with Gunn, who's clearly a sapphic hoe as well. But if Gunn was under the impression that she was the only one, <laughs> if Gunn was under the impression that Alain was in love with her on some fucking Fernanda shit and she was tricked, and I do believe Alain got those boudoir skills. I said it already. I do think she got girls fucked up. I think Gunn realized that it wasn't what she thought it was and that Alain was playing games because she likes to play games. Potentially, she found out she was playing games with Eve Pilastri and decided no mas. Mm. But Villanelle responds by calling Alain a bitch. And she surely thinks that because Alain's with Eve right. and says that she was just holding them back. And Gunn is like, yeah, big bitch. And they have a moment, I guess, because Gunn gives like a flirty, wormy look. Because that's what that is. When you just have worms and you're flirting, it's a flirty, wormy look. And she's smoking her weed. <laughs> is it weed? Is it reefer? What's she doing? It's not a black and mild. It's not. It could be some tobacco that she grew in her fucking forest. Or some ganj that she grew in her fucking forest, but she's smoking something. It has to be like a, a tobacco leaf, because I'm like, how the fuck does Gun have a blunt wrap? I don't know how the blunt wraps get to Gun Island, but maybe they do. Maybe that's what she's doing. <laughs> Villanelle smiles at her and eventually is like, so who poisoned the village? What uh, what poisoned the water in your village? And she says about three gallons of sodium cyanide. And it's like, wow, wow. Okay. Oh, I feel like that's Villanelle's reaction. Like, oh. Oh, I see. Right. You. Right, 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 okay. right, right. And right. Gunn just kind of smiles. Then I was just like, wow. And then she smiles. And then she laughs. And the scene ends with her saying, nice. Complimenting Gunn. On her murder. Her mass murder mm. of presumably at least three dozen people, if not more, <laughs> in her little quaint town. Man, oh, man. We get the next scene. We are back at the hotel. 
Eva's taking down her murder wall. It's like she's about to check out. Like I, I didn't know. What I know about was. checking out. She got nowhere right. to go, but she right. was taking right. down the murder wall. Yeah, uh, she gets uh two messages, but uh, of course it's not her phone. It's Lady Red's phone, and it's a photo of the barn swallow. Eve then heads to Margate because she needs to know what's she needs to know something to see Constantin. And the first thing that she says when he opens the door is. I'm sorry for shooting here. <laughs> well, that's not the first thing she says. They fucking stare at each other. Like P. Diddy and that other dude from the meme. And it's a stare off. And Constance's like, really, bitch? You, bitch? The last time I saw you, bitch, you was on some energy, bitch. And it wasn't apologetic energy. And then once that beat passes, he was like, all right, I'm sorry. Because I do need sh- I need something from you, so let me apologize. And then Constance's like, okay, okay. You finally sorry about my hand? Thanks. Finally. Yeah, he's like, uh. What do you want? He said these women will be the death of him. His, all his murder daughters. I'm glad that he just claims everybody. Well, because she's like, after she's like, sorry, he's like, all right, what, what do you want? Why are you here? Right. And she's like, what's this photo? And he's like, what the fuck? Why are you women like this? All of the women in my life. He's sick of it because it's the picture of the bird. And that's what he tells her. Like, he invites her in and he's like, it's a picture of a fucking bird. And she's like, wow, thanks so much for that. I, I do know that it's a bird. What does it mean? Who is it from? Who is it for? I need details. And then he explains, like, the postcard, the method of communication of the 12 has gone digital. And the fact that Laura, whoever wrote that fucking line, shame, shame, Thank shame. You. Like a Game of Thrones where they shake the bell. Shame, shame, shame. Digital bitch. Do we not even know what, you know what, let me not even, I was about to go on a, a tech rant about how things are tracked and the way you would need to do that to actually do something digital if you're trying to have a whole crime syndicate that presumably you don't want the FBI, Interpol, or MI6 or anyone else to fucking know what's going on, but whatever, whatever. And then Eve makes a comment about not knowing, them not knowing that Helen is dead yet. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. You, wait, you so, 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 what, what have y'all been up to? Is, is Helen dead? Is Helen? Is she out? Is she off the earth? Is she no longer here? And Eve is like, yeah, yeah, she gone. She's not here. Very. <laughs> She's very, very not here. She's very gone, very dead. And uh, before Constant can even let that sit and react to it, Eve is back on home bullshit. So what does it all mean? Tell me what this mean. I have lots to do. Need help. She wants to know if it's a person, right? Or a place? Something like that. Right. And I, I think we get a glimpse of it because like on the back No, we see one? it. They right. show okay. it, the bird. But it wasn't anything clever. Right. It looked like clip art, but I'm not going <laughs> to... No, I got you. Just a basic ass bird on that the twelve is sitting around. Yeah, on one of the sides it says "lots to catch up on," and so he's like, "This doesn't look like a job. It looks like a meeting," which is absurd. Because why is Ellen <laughs> getting invited <laughs> to meetings if she's marking them one by one, and they know that? But then he adds that she needs to find Villanelle because Villanelle can help her. And Eve is like, "She doesn't want to see me." Right? I was like, "What Villanelle is this energy?" She's pouting. No, she's pouting. No, yes, she was. That pouting energy. I don't know about own. She kind of, she did it to herself, but no, uh, well, it is funny and cute to see her pout. It's like when she was like, what's the point? Yes. It's that same E flash. Yes. Eeyore. And Constant is like, the way y'all are full of shit, <laughs> the way I know the two of you can't stay away from each other because I, I spent many, many months right. telling Villanelle to stay the fuck away right. from you, literally, and she ignored me every fucking time and then told me to fuck off. So whatever you're saying, you guys are in a thing, I get it, whatever. Listen, before she was shot in the back, she came to me and was like, I need some information. And I gave her some information about an assassin in Scotland. Here's the fucking shit. <laughs> Take it, go find your bitch and get the fuck out. Mm. And so even with Eve's big, she doesn't want to see me, Constantine. <laughs> Constantine gives her this look like really bitch, gives her the info and he says, does yeah. her a solid. Yeah, he's like, well, whatever you're going to do, don't do it alone. And then she tells him. Same to you. Right, right. Same to you, bitch. Right. <sighs> and I think, I guess she leaves Constance mulling over the don't do it alone line right. for himself, I guess. I mean, and maybe that's him thinking, maybe I'll take Pam as I escape. I don't know. I'm trying to make sense of the nonsense. No, no, because. Stuff right. of the script. Right. Because why would you try to run off with Pam instead of Arena? But whatever. And yeah, here's the truck again. And it's Pam who does not work here doing work stuff. And uh, we hear a voice asking for an order, and we look down, and it definitely is Constantine, and he wants to be able to speak with her privately, but she's like, I, I-, I can't, I'm busy. Like, you told me that. Enjoy- not, doing- you, not you laboring over this scene. I- I'm, we- I'm we doing need something. And, he- and then she's like, all right, so how about we co- reconvene at the hotel later after? And that ultimately is the agreed upon uh, setup for those two. Yes, and then we're back to Carolyn, who's outside the Swallow or whatever place she was in. But the old man and Vlad, and she's in a street, and we see Vlad and his goons take the beiged old man, just yoke him up and force him into a vehicle. And it's like, what kind of assassin is this? Like, how did they just get you? Did you even try to run away? Or your knees failed you when you tried to run away? <laughs> I fucking can't stand the 12. I can't Ooh. stand this fucking show in terms of how it ended because the whole thing of the 12 is so fucking absurd. He's 
supposed to be dangerous. He's dangerous, but they just got him in the car. He didn't put up a fight. He didn't uh, he so, didn't shoot nobody. Why does he want to go with the Russians? They're gonna kill him. They're right. gonna put him in jail. My can it doesn't make any sense. Is that he tried to open up his false tooth with the cyanide pill and it fell out of his mouth. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> so you giving the twelve too much like, oh, credit. Dang, I tried to kill my father. That's you giving the twelve too much credit because the way they only employ old men, apparently, as the uh, as the bosses. Right. I mean, but maybe anyway, it's nepotism. Who knows? It doesn't even matter because it can't be nepotism when it literally was just from the seventies. Sadly, uh, well, we saw the beginnings of the twelve with true. young Carolyn. And so if he did work for the 12, they literally always send the worst people. So I don't know how the 12 is supposed to be feared when they send the worst people for the job if it's not Villanelle and maybe Raymond, who was successful for a time. Why he's taking jobs at his age, we'll never know. Your best days are behind you, sir, but fully behind you now because you've been taken into custody by the Russians. Carolyn smiles and the scene is done. Yes. And then we get a cut. Uh, we're back in London and we see Eve approach a terminal um, but we could all presume that it's her looking for her route to Scotland. No, uh, I, I wrote very try- frenzied, very rushed. Yes, I wrote trying to save her girlfriend from work UTIs, <laughs> but does not make it in time. <laughs> No comment. I'm just really no comment there. I have nothing good to say, so I'm just going to go with the no comment. Oh, yeah, the cuts again. And then we're back to the dirty gay shenanigans with Gunn and Villanelle. And Gunn starts to touch Villanelle's face with her dirty fingernails and hands and all in her eye like she's trying to give her a sty or some kind of eye infection. (laughs) And then they make out with the worm breath. They make out with the worm breath and... We eventually cut away, but like this scene is just so, it's so offensive to me in so many levels because I'm not even saying that I'm against a lumberjack bitch. I think lumberjack bitches are hot and sexy like all the other bitches, but I just don't know why people are making out when you have a mouthful of worms, bro. Like, I just don't feel like that's not like if you eat garlic, if you have had a jaunty Italian meal and you're on a date with somebody like you, hopefully, ideally, you either got a toothbrush or something with you or some sort of gum, something before you just head on in there to drop your tongue in somebody's mouth with the remnants of garlic and whatever else on your breath. It is courtesy. It is so that the kiss is something both people enjoy and potentially goes longer than what happens when you kiss somebody and it tastes like you're getting halitosis. And so I don't understand why Gunn said, you know what, girl? I said the moon with my twigs and my worms and my moonshine. Now it's time to get on the Amoroso. Let's get it on. And Villanelle was into it. Now, I might have said that Villanelle was into Gun. I think, for everything we know about Villanelle and her trying to escape from certain things, that fits. I just feel like it was shot horribly. I feel like it was set up horribly. Like I said before, the lines, the things that were said, they should have done things different, in my opinion, to create a true juxtaposition that is worthy of the time spent. It is worthwhile. It gives us something. It gives us something where we know Villanelle better, we get to know Gun better, and we know what does and doesn't work about this versus you cutting away after a, a jaunty kiss. Like, what? Like, were you just trying to throw a bone to the gays and be like, here, it's kind of gay, without having to give us substance? Because that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for substance and substantive behavior that actually says these are queer people in the world. So the more I thought about the gun situation, I hated it so much. And I feel like Laura has some sort of weird kink because between the piss kiss and the worm kiss, right? this is what you decided to do. Right. The kiss piss and the worm kiss. And then when you had even Elaine in the tub, it was awkward. And of course there's comedy moments to be had about that. And I certainly laughed about the fact that the tub was small as fuck and it was going to be uncomfortable. But you can't like... That's when you don't know all the waves and the vibes of the sapphic jump because you have these two women that had a lot of sexually charged energy. Mm-hmm. We saw the way Sandra O played it when fucking Panda was on the stove. Right. It was intense. Oh, it was wild. Right. And then you undercut that sapphic tension with the tub. And I think, you know, it's another huge difference between a fucking Laura and a Phoebe Waller-Bridge because I feel like Phoebe would have found a way if she wanted to interject some comedy but still have that dark, subversive, the horniness is still here, but it's also funny. Like, I masturbate about you a lot. Where you can give someone a beat of right. something hilarious, but you're also still doing something with the story and you're not removing the tension between the two characters. When we see even Ellen in the tub and they, we have the tension is gone. There was all this tension. It was like, y'all about to choke each other? When E first came over, they get in the tub and it's like, right. it's cracking jokes. Like, how and then they nobody, on, they're on the couch. Right. They're on the couch. And I'm like, how the fuck do we get to the couch? You bitches have been playing games this entire time. Oh, did y'all not know how to write it? Did you not know how to keep that tension going? and make it feel real. That you have two bitches that are being manipulative right now. And part of that manipulation is the sapphic fucking jaunt. And both of them are into that. But you don't know how to fucking write it! So that it actually makes sense and that it is intriguing the entire time. And once again, I will say they killed Alain too early. Because the way the 12 gave me nothing, the way that 12 kill gave me nothing, and I know we're not 
in the final episode yet. Oh, yeah. I just want to say yeah. it gave me nothing. And the way Ellen gave me something that if you would have just modified that a little bit, have different ways in which Eve and Villanelle come together and they both take Ellen out because Ellen has been doing too much talking, too much taunting of people, that they both take her out and it's delicious. And you can still have Ellen enjoy it. Because she's like, well, if I got to go out, you two hold on. I mean, <laughs> it could be two other women. And this right. is, the sight is glorious. Thank y'all. Right. And I would have loved that too, but... Anyway, shoulda, woulda, couldas, if onlys, if onlys. But yeah, the gun thing, that's, uh, on top of the fact that I think it's fucked up that they didn't give the gays a single sex scene and the only sex scene of any note is a heterosexual sex scene in such a queer show. I ultimately, they did such a disservice to the story and to the characters. They could have made gun cooler, fuller. You don't have to have someone for two episodes to really get to know them. We know that you can have an hour with somebody and really feel like you know them. And the writers simply didn't give a fuck. And they've spent all this time with Pam for what? For what? Our main character is with Gunn. So please spend more time writing lines for Gunn that make more sense for her relationship with Villanelle so we can understand what you're doing here. But no, it's all gimmicks. It's all bullshit and vibes. Okay, great. Sally, that's what it was. Um, after we see them, you know, doing their do. They then cut to Constant, who's heavily drinking in anticipation of Pam. She eventually does knock on the door. She arrives with He Lisa. looks happy. Sad later that he looks Actually, so happy. Right. It, it's right. He's it's, laughing. He's singing. Right. It's, it's not the spading. Santa Claus from earlier in the episode. No, you're right. You're, you're right to point that out. Pam or her pizza. Yeah. And then she arrives and he tells her that they have to leave and that he made arrangements for them. Yeah, she and, sees her bags packed. <laughs> She's like, yeah, what the fuck? Is, are, those, are those my bags? He's like, oh, yeah, we going. We leaving. And, you know, Pam is mm, trying to figure out what's up. And she's like, well, she doesn't want to be on the run. And that she thinks that living in fear would be like the worst outcome for her. I mean, I guess. But I get it. Constantine is afraid that the 12 will make her do horrible things because that's what he says to her. Oh, yeah. And does he make a comment? If the 12 find us, they'll kill us. And Constantine's like, if we're lucky, they'll make us suffer first. Right. We'll banter back and forth. If they would kill us if we're lucky, right, they will make us suffer first. Right. He says that he has a good plan, that they won't get found. It's like, eh, Constantine, the way none of your plans, <laughs> sir, have worked out. I think you're speaking, you're talking ahead. This is not true. And then, you you know, Pam is looking unsure and sad. And now we know why. Because a bitch was told mm -hmm. to kill him by Ellen. When he takes her to sit down so they can have their pizza, there's a goddamn pizza cutter in the box. And I said, right. hello, Constantine. Hello, Constantine. Right. Hello, Constantine. You that. have been in the life since you were a young man. There is a fucking pizza cutter in a disposable box. In a delivered <laughs> pizza, Constantine. And the pizza's already been cut, Constantine. The pizza has been cut. Why is the pizza cutter in there, Constantine? Right. I thought you were a professional, Constantine. <laughs> I thought you were an OG, my dude. This is how they got you going out. Makes no sense. Just another thing that makes no fucking sense hey, in this yep. show. And she asks him if he's scared to leave. And he's like, everyone that he's ever worked for has always been one step away from killing him. That fear is in his blood. And that it's if he's not scared, that's when he's scared. And so she... Oh, I think he was saying when he's not scared, he's still scared. Like, yeah. he's like, fear is just how I live my life. And he also said that he was celebrating their adventure, which is why he was looking so jovial. But Pam says she doesn't want to live like that. She doesn't live in fear. And she doesn't want him to live like that. And so her answer is, I'm going to kill your ass. Because I don't want you to live like this, Constantine. I'm going to kill you. I don't want you to live in fear. So I'm going to end your life right now. Because this is the answer that I've come to, apparently. And she gets up to hug him. Constantine reciprocates, which is bittersweet because we know that he was odd with his reciprocation at first with Villanelle mm -hmm. and then when we get to the whole running down the hallway to the anthem it's like a big hug and then of course we have their last hug so it's a bit bittersweet what's happening here she tells him that she'll always be grateful to him mm -hmm. for helping her start a new life and there's a beat and she gets to the slicing first across his neck and then his belly several times and the fact that Laura thought this was funny girl I don't know what she was thinking it really wasn't bitch it wasn't funny it was tragic it was sad it was hurtful mm -hmm. it was brutal it was violent. It was all those things. Everything but funny, frankly. And uh, he falls down. He's in shock. And he's like, yo, <clears throat> Jesus. Ellen? Ellen? Did she? Ellen? This is Ellen, right? And Pam says yes. And then Constantine tells her, well, Ellen is dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that sucks that you didn't have to do this. And Pam starts to freak out. And I'm like, so does Pam still think Ellen is the only boss? Or does she not know that she's beholden to other people in the 12? And that whoever dies in the 12, the next bitch gets you. Just like when Constantine was taking out the paint and they sent Anton for Villanelle. The next homie gets you, Pam. Didn't she give you the welcome packet? I, whatever. I'm trying to make sense of the script. There's nothing to make sense. Right. She, she freaks out mad. anyway. She asks him, why didn't you tell me? Rushes to his side, tries to stop the blood. And it's like, girl, did you see your slices? There's no stopping of the blood. The blood is pooling out and she can't do shit to help him. She's just crying and he's looking up at her, tells her to stop and that he has a letter in his bag. And it's like, 
Is it for Arena? No. No, it's, no, it's for not. Carolyn. It's for Carolyn Martins. Mm. And he wants her to bring it to Carolyn for him and tell her, I always loved her. What about your daughter? You're not going to tell your daughter that you always loved her? And then he says he's so proud of Pam. I was like, you never said those words to Arena. But okay, you are so proud of Pam this past week. You're so proud. Two weeks. She says, thank you. He smiles. And then she finishes him the fuck off with the, another slice to his throat Oof. and says she's sorry. All right. Okay. You know, if you close the end one eye. Constantine. If you close one eye and you like super squint in the other, it almost feels like they were trying to do a weird Romeo and Juliet thing there where it's like you weren't in time to see this thing or to learn the truth about the thing, which would have saved you from making the decision that you did, which then caused one of you to be out of the paint like for good. Mm. But since it's not the Romeo and the Juliet from really the not. earlier episodes, can you really call it a, a, a I wouldn't Romeo call Juliet. it Romeo and Juliet oh, yeah. at all. I wouldn't call it that at all. I feel like there's other fables that we can say where someone should have got some information earlier and then they don't and it goes to their demise. But there's no great romantic fable in this show. There is no great analogy. All the ones that we thought could fit simply don't. Right. And so if you got to try to shoehorn something that isn't even relevant, and then it doesn't belong there. And Romeo and Juliet for Pam and Constantin, hell no! I'm not doing it. And it was sad. It was fucked up and it was pointless at the end of the day, in my opinion. I don't like the way they took Constantin out. Didn't even get to rest in it. I don't like that his final words were about Carolyn and Pam when your daughter just called. Right, your actual and daughter. Allegedly, you care about her, but no, we have no words. We have no letter. We have no last anything. Because of the way I would have taken Pam meeting up with Adina and them having an interesting conversation yep. over Pam meeting up with Carolyn to do anything to give a letter. Whew. But once again, the writers miss, the writers miss, the writers miss. They don't know what they're doing. And so instead of having Constantine's real daughter have energy for Pam and maybe getting some beef with her, I don't know. Maybe something happens. Maybe they have a moment. It just would have been interesting. There's a lot of ways you can go there depending on what you want to do. But that would have been infinitely more interesting than Pam talking to Carolyn and ultimately rejecting her fucking offer of fuck shit. Versus Pam potentially getting Edina out the life. If that was something. Like, oh, I could be your big sister. I could. I was alone. And now we don't have to be. But no! No, because Constantine never talks about Adina. Pam just probably doesn't even know Adina exists. Oh, so, that part. And me, way, and me, way. We have to end that scene listening to Constantine say words to Pam that he should have said to Adina, and it's awful. And before the scene is done, Pam does him up like one of her clients at the funeral home. He looks very pretty. He's in a nice suit with a white rose, and she leaves him there on the hotel bed. Which I get what you're doing, Pam, but that worker that's coming in in the morning, like, oh, right. Right, right. They're traumatized. They are. And I don't think that hotel has HR for that employee that's going to need right. services. And then it's Pam outside sitting and thinking. <sighs> she sits for a second and then gets up, tosses her drink, and I guess goes on to find Carolyn. Uh, yeah, so that's Pam leaving Margate, I suppose. And then they cut to an overhead shot of Eve on the motorboat. boat. And Arriving to Guns right, Island. She's going to Guns Island. Right. Come, coming for her girl. And then we're back at Guns Cabin. <laughs> And Gunn is outside lifting weights. And you know what? I will take that. I do love to see a woman lifting weights and shit. I respect that shit. I like it. And Villanelle comes out and notices that her boat is in pieces. She's like, wait a goddamn second. Um, is that my boat? Is that my fucking boat? What's up with that? And Gunn is just like, yeah, I needed firewood. And it's like, oh. But we're surrounded by it's, trees. They're it's giving everywhere. fatal attraction, man. <laughs> it's giving fatal attraction because literally these are the woods. These like, are woods. Right. Okay. So that explains the boat. Where, where's my stuff? <laughs> She no, she's pacing. She's pacing back and forth. She's like, well, where's my shit? Like, where's my where's the stuff I stole? Because I totally stole some stuff before I got here, which was my stuff now. But now my stuff is gone. Where's it at? And she's like, in my cabin. You sleep with me now. And it's like, whoa. Not right. you sounding like Tarzan, me, Tarzan, you, Jane, you no, sleep in right. cabin. That's what she was sounding like. Mm. And Villanelle's just like, oh, I oh, I see. Um, when was this decided, by the way? When did we decide that this is happening? And to me, I'm like, when you let her hit, Villanelle. When you let her get close. Wow. To the Noni, when you let her touch the treasured place, that is when she decided. Because you got to be careful. That's how you get the fatal attraction. That yeah. you let somebody get to the goods. And they might not have any act right. Once that happens, and this was gun, she barely had any act right. As we saw with the worms and the twigs that she was munching on and crunching on. And now that she's actually been to the promised land with Villanelle, she's gotten near queer, she's lost all semblance of groundedness. Mm -hmm. And now she's decided that Villanelle is hers. Villanelle goes inside and sits down at the table. And she's probably like, hmm, I need to start thinking about my exit strategy. Uh-huh. And she's looking at the decor. And she's noticing the taxidermy. And she's like, maybe this bitch is a little too extra. Why are there <laughs> deadheads everywhere? And it seems obvious that she's clearly rethinking her position. She's like, do I even like this fashion? I don't. Do I even like these moose heads everywhere? I don't. And we see her grab a strawberry. And this is when Gunn walks over mm -hmm. and sniffs her head. 
And the look that Jodie conjures as Villanelle, she's like, yo, what the fuck? Wait, what's, did she just sniff me? And I get the love of sense. I'm not going, I'm not going to totally throw gun into the trash bin because I do get the love of sense and I do still believe that Villanelle was the best thing she smelled in a really long time, uh, including yeah. on herself because I too have been caught up in a scent. And I feel like the last time, wait, no, the most obnoxious I ever was caught up in a scent was, it was a lot of years ago. I was in the subway and I have a very sensitive nose. As you know, I can smell when people yeah. are sick. I just, I can smell when someone's in a room because I, once I figure out what your original personal scent is, I just know it. And it's there in my memory bank. And it was like not too long after my grandmother had passed away while I was in the subway and I just got a whiff that reminded me of my grandmother. And it was kind of like in a trance because I didn't realize I was following this woman mm. until I was literally like, you see the mic, this is. I was in a bitch neck. Oh, um, wow. Right. I just, I was completely like in reverie. And then until I realized, she, like, I was right up in her neck and she was looking at me. She just kind of was looking and I was like, oh my God. I'm, just, I mean, she didn't, she wasn't rude, which I, I'm thankful for because I feel like it's New York, right? Like, somebody, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody would have been justified in no, slapping right, no, me. No, no, no. I get and you. I would have deserved no, it. Right. right. Why, why am I in your neck, ma'am? It's a good ass question. I'm sorry. Mm. I didn't realize I was doing it, but it's because I was still in the dofuls about my abuela. And she really just smelled just like her. And so I just went over there and ultimately it was fine. I apologized. I did not get slapped or kicked in the shin, thankfully. Because I definitely would have slapped or kicked somebody in the shin. No, but I- If somebody- I, if, Well, if it was a woman, no, no. maybe not. Maybe not, If it was right. a dude, well, definitely, without yeah. a doubt. I, in my head, Candace, I would have loved for her to think that once she would have understood what you meant or what you okay. said. No, I did try. I did. Yeah. I did get that much out. I was like, "Sorry, you reminded me of my grandmother." The smell, because I was trying to get it out. Like I just smelled something so familiar that I hadn't smelled distinctly since my grandma was alive, and it has taken me all the way out. <laughs> right. And that's where I think just memories can pull you over reality. So. And then you'd have been selected to join the new League of Assassins. Like I just like. <laughs> But my whole thing is like, am I blessed that am I, woman right, right. who did not judge me? She had empathy. She was right. like, I'm, it's all right. I think she probably looked at my eyes too and was like, okay, sweetie, like, just, like yeah. I was a little alarmed, but I'm not anymore. That's better. I, I'd rather hear that and remind somebody of somebody's abuela versus you smell just like my boyfriend. It's like, oh. well, I need to. Right. I was like, this conversation's over. I it's have over. to go. I gotta go. I need to send a text message. Oh my god. <laughs> Woo, I think she's starting to suspect something. <laughs> Your wife. <laughs> Oh my God. Woo! That is not a situation to be in. Mm -mm. Yeah. So Villanelle doesn't like this shit. She doesn't like what's happening. She does not want to be snipped. She did not give consent for the right, sniffing. Right, right. And I had to, if I had to guess, she's not in love with guns scent. Right. We know well, she wants to smell well, Eve skin. Well, we don't well. eat Velastri. Right. She, she says she so wants much. that. Right. 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 And then doesn't Gun follow it up with a kiss on her head? Yes. After maybe While she's the pouring second her tea? Yeah, she or starts... the third. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of sniffs. No, she has one jaunty sniff. Okay. Then she comes back and she does like, a, I think, a sniff kiss yeah. while she's pouring tea. Mm -hmm. And then she sits down. And I think Villanelle's just kind of looking at her like pondering <clears throat> shit. This is bad news bears. All right, right, right. <laughs> right. And then she's like, so what happens to you now that Elaine is dead. And Gunn replies, I'm working for the 12, not Elaine. And it's like, okay, bitch. Okay. That sounds like hurt feelings from an ex, <sighs> but don't mind me. And Villanelle's like, okay, well, fuck that. Right. Because I'm trying to not fuck with the 12. I'm not on this shit. I'm not trying to work for nobody. I'm not trying right. to be nobody employee. Right. And she tells Gunn she's leaving. And Gunn is like, well, why? And Villanelle tells her that she is done with them and intends to kill as many as she can. And that they have a gun in a cage. And she simply cannot see it. Gunn tells her, on the other hand, that she values her fucking freedom mm -hmm. and her fucking island and everything else. And all these things that she has and that she's been granted is because of the 12. Yep. And she's not looking for anybody to fuck with that. But I was like, yeah, okay, but that comes with a price, bitch. And you shouldn't like the price. But Gunn is like standing up, slamming shit on the table, upset, and is like, a small price, bitch. It's a price, but it's a small price. And then I was like, okay, okay, all right, bitch. I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying to wrestle. Remember what happened last time you fell off the cliff? <laughs> I'm just gonna eat my stuff and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get my stuff and I'm gonna bounce. And Gunn slams that. That door. And she's like, oh no, bitch, this is not how this works. Did you hear what I said? You are moving out from the hay pile and in into my bedroom. The, yes, that was wow. not an option. That was not a question. That was not mm. a query. It was not a request. It was a statement, a fact. <laughs> Whew. Um, and she tells her, what does she say? Oh, after Villanelle's like, I need my stuff, she's like, if you threaten my way of life, Villanelle, I will rip you apart slowly. Your choice. And I'm like, well, this is pillow talk. And it has it, accelerated yes. very quickly, Ms. Gunn. And Villanelle, because she's a little shit, just smiles because she's that bitch. And she's like, if you can catch me, hell. Ah! And then she runs away <laughs> like... 
Yeah, right. She throws, she throws the, what is it, like an object? I don't right, know what it is. Right. She throws something and then takes off running and she's cackling. Like, it's the most ridiculous cackle mm-hmm. we've probably heard Villanelle fucking do. And that's why I truly love this unhinged bitch because, you know, it's the way you look at life when you're Villanelle. That all that shit went down. She just had the coitus with some worms in the aftermath of it all. Realized that she made tons of mistakes. She knows a bitch is dangerous. She saw a bitch fillet. She went out hunting and she still cackled in that hoe's face and was like, you gotta catch me first. <laughs> and then hit her with an object and ran the fuck off. And Gunn was like, oh. Legendary. She Legendary. Said, she said, uh, I guess I should bring my discipline machete. Like, <laughs> I just feel like she got. Yeah, she's right. like, Here we go. It's like, girl, <laughs> how many women have you brought to the island? Right, right. To be like, Here we right, go again. Right. Here we go. Because that's what How that many skeletons are buried? Right. right. How many skeletons are buried under the hay? <laughs> Tell the truth, Gun. Tell the truth. Like, damn, one night? Like, usually right. they last, right. Usually they right. last but at least a week I, and a half. I do believe she was collecting. I agree. Right. I agree. Mm. So after Villanelle cackles and heads out on her little chase, uh, <gasps> or her heads out running and then gets chased by Gun, we have Eve arriving on Gun's Island. And Eve is here just as Villanelle is running away from Gun and having a grand old time, as we know Villanelle always will. And mm. Gun is calling after her, and Villanelle's having fun. Villanelle! And Villanelle eventually hides among some bushes because, again, she's having fun. And Gunn is looking, doesn't know where she's at. And then she turns her head right. to find a warden, Eve right. Blastery. She sees Hair the, down. Right, right. Hair in a parker. Right, right. Looking for Villanelle. She does not see Villanelle. She does she not sees see a gun. Villanelle. Right. She sees a gun. And I feel like Gunn is like, oh, right. not my competition. Not-, <sighs> not my competition. Okay. And Eve looks at her and is like, not this big bitch. Run oh away, my God. Run away, run She's away. so tall. Run! Right. Run! Made me think of that, um, the Nicki Minaj meme. Right, right, right. No, right, right. That's, that's Eve. And you know what? I forget what exactly Sandra O said, but she made some joke in the BTS about running. And the way that I was cracking up at how Eve's, like Eve's legs, her little legs, like she, it yes. was like 13 strides no, no, for Sandra right. O for one of guns. Right, what? right. She's it's there. The, no, no, right. She's like a little cartoon. I, I was like, so it none of the skills. We saw you jogging in the beginning. No, no, you can't. You. Right. What's the skill? Height? No, no. Eve Palastri no, is a, no, is a no. smaller woman and Gunn small. is very tall. Uh, As someone who laps my friends who are shorter than me, it is the it's the price you pay. It's, it's true. the price you pay. It is true. If you have a smaller girlfriend, she will take five steps to your one right. or two. And yes. it is what it is. And poor Eve was trying to get her steps in like she had a fucking Fitbit. <laughs> and gun. <laughs> it's like the cartoon, you right. know, when the starts out. Right, right, right. I feel like gun took five strides. Right, it was right. She was already with that bitch. I said, okay, well, this was funny, but it also is what we expected. And so she catches this hoe in the least amount of steps we could ever imagine. Right. She mounts her after tackling her with the murder mount. I was like, the murder mount now! Eve is screaming as she flips her the fuck over. It looks wild. Gun covers her mouth with that dirty hand. And I'm like, you just had that dirty hand on Villanelle. Oh, see, I was about to make a dirty joke. Mm. Ooh, the way I held back. Anyways. Can't you not No, no. I just... I would ha- rec- did you? You didn't have to. I didn't. You I'm didn't. Sorry. But you did. I, but you're not sorry. It's like yeah, I know you're not sorry. Did you I spell just, it? You're a I, fucking I, bastard. I, but you're a bastard. I, there's no way that I would not notice. I would say, the, especially with all if the I BTS wanted to be stuff, rude, I would say Eve doesn't know the smell, but Force of Dean. So I do believe she knows. No the smell. right. And <laughs> the way it, and with the BTS of them saying that actually the clothes that we would be wearing for oh my scenes, God. we would Gun have to is get the type of bitch not to, Gun is totally the type of bitch not to wash her hands after that sex because she wants to remember. Yes, linger. Remember linger. when you remember. Right. Linger. Right. Oh, my God. Okay. The way we didn't need to isolate this, but the way this might end up in someone's fan fiction. <laughs> I support it. I support it. Wow. <laughs> wow. You didn't have to do that. You no, didn't have but to. It's, but it's, now that I've, felt, I've I'm, that's why I'm married. Right. That's why I've, I got lost because I'm like, not her covering Eve's mouth with, with the, the same hand, hand that yes. she was mm-hmm. jaunting mm-hmm. with inwards. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she doesn't have hygiene. She did not wash those hands. Right. That's probably also oh part of why I'm uh, evil screaming. Like, damn it! No, wait. I did not make it. I said that she was trying to save her bag from a workplace oh, UTI. To... I don't know that Eve... <laughs> Listen, Eve had to find out about thing one, thing two. That's true. I'm not with them when I'm with them. Mm-hmm. So I just think, if anything, she was going to really enjoy gouging a bitch eye out, which she looks like she did mm. when we get to episode eight. But yeah, this episode ends with um, Shirley Bassey's 
Don't take lovers from the world playing as Gunn is in her murder mount and she has Eve's face, turns it to the side like she about to slice this bitch throat and then roll credits. Right. It's the end. They said, let's roll credits it's here. The end. And I was like, really? This is how, it's the way that when we were watching it live, we didn't know where the episode ended. We couldn't figure it out. Well, yeah, because they just connected the two and I suppose... <laughs> I suppose. But yeah, we didn't know because it just, it was a scene. Right. It was, it was, it was continuous. <laughs> no, it was right, one continuous right, scene. Right. Which was great because we weren't stressed out for too long. Right. So yeah, that was just hanging on episode seven. You were like, y'all rough. need to, right. Y'all need to watch it. Like, well, we are. It's coming Sunday. But then y'all told us y'all get seven and eight at the same time. And I'm like, too much. But but why? Why would, why would any show, I can't think, why would a show do that? Like, I have a question. I have a lasting thought about this episode. Does Gunn really have Wi-Fi? <laughs> they can't see you grabbing your chest. Do because you need help? Here's, Life here's alert. The thing. Here's the thing. Life alert. How, because how does Gunn know, right, right, know what's right, going on? Right. The 12 is all digital. I think the I saw no towers no, right. on the island. I think that... I just want to know the truth because I actually know some motherfuckers in what I would call extremely rural places. No, no, yeah. Um, and yeah. the way that they don't have reception, the way that they don't have yeah. internet, unless you go to a certain part, how is Gunn getting the job? They draw straws. How does Gunn have cellular reception or Wi-Fi? They draw straws and Gunn finds the postcard on the body after she <laughs> kills them. It's like, oh, Oh, that's, that's, that's a lot of extra that's effort. why you yeah that's why you're here like what if that first guy we saw that he was somebody from 12 and and <laughs> and he got got because horrible. he had all his stuff on horrible so she could go through his things and she would she would get a postcard and be like oh mm. it's ridiculous terrence and maybe it's absurd. and maybe that's why the lady read this Did like you know? irritated that every single time she needs her for something that it costs so much. Like it costs. Because Aleph is such a bitch. <laughs> but like a bitch I loved because remember when she was talking to um, Gun on the phone and she was like, oh, she was basically being like, Okay, my sweet man. Okay, yes. Oh, right. I know you will fix it. It's great. It's perfect. And, and then she hung up on my bed. Right. I was like, oh, oh, oh. She's like, fuck it, Heffa. Fuck it, bitch. Fuck it. Oh, you I hate just, this bitch. Right. I hate having to use this bitch. Like, you you should be like, she's even using a phone right now to speak to you. She's like, God, the way you're incompetent. God, the way you can't get shit together. God, the way you've fallen off. And so I, I respect Elaine Strong. I wish we would have had longer with her, honestly. No, Suzanne yeah. did not know how to use her to the highest of her ability. And Lauda, if it weren't for Kaylee, we wouldn't have had nothing. No, to be I perfectly know. honest. I know. To be perfectly honest, congrats to you, Kaylee, on her BAFTA win. Actually, yes. But that was the end of that. And, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> no, right. No, no, I know. That's right. Roll credits. We already said where it was at. Then that's, I'm that's just saying. the episode left us. Series uh, two had a sexier episode seven. And so did series one. And in case we didn't say it at the top, this was, of course, uh, Georgia Lester's episode. And Laura Neal, they co-wrote this episode. Fuck both of y'all. And of course the consulting producer was Kaylee. I'm not saying fuck no, Kaylee. No, 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 right. I'm not gonna say and fuck And then um, Emily Atef was the... Uh, who? Emily who? Emily... She's no, no, she, this is me oh, being okay. shady. This is me being shady, Terrence. <laughs> okay, all right. I was about to say, uh, the yeah. way a bitch will be shady. Well, well, to the end of time. Like I said in my fucking last affirmations tweet, Cardi B gift forever. No, yeah, this, forever. This, they did us my petty dirty. is fucking ancestral, y'all. I know my petty run back two thousand years. If someone had to check, someone identifies the petty gene, you'll find that it is. It goes long and far in Candace's line. So, like, it's the way how I understand that there are flat Earth conferences on the globe somewhere, but I don't need to know what they're talking about or their agenda because it's none of my business and I don't care. But someone found a way to infiltrate something that I did care about and then feed me a Jesus lesson that I, European Jesus lesson, that I, I not only wasn't in the mood for, it was the pamphlet I couldn't throw <sighs> away. It was the assault, like I said, on, well, I feel like it was the live. Stuck on the plane, listening to the worshipers singing. Like, it was an assault. And I'm like, why? What? Oh, when those people were singing there. Right. They hallelujah. stylings. Right. <laughs> hallelujah. It was giving. It, you know what? That to me, there was no difference between that and that dude who was bothering Mike Tyson on the plane when he was just trying to mind his business. Oh, when he to got me, knocked it was, out. Right. To me, that was all the same thing. If it's I don't just, ask to be regaled by your Christian stylings, keep that shit in the headphones, in the drafts, wherever it, it is that is not in my ears. Right. Because to me, acoustic styling Christians are a certain kind. Like there's some <laughs> of the most obnoxious uh, evangelicals because they, they assault you. Without your permission. So right. my guitar no, is in baggage no, check, so I couldn't take it with me, but I got my ukulele here. Oh and it was my like, God. Lord, 
right, right. Like God. that makes it better. No, right, right. No, because it's not even like the pretentiousness of like college and like poetry bars. And you know, everybody had a guitar and you just had a breakup and now you got something to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. You know, part of me will always love that level of pretension because hello, school. Um, <laughs> But this was not, this is not even that. That was worse. The, the Christians, and they're on a plane. It's right. like uh, the Samuel Jackson movie. Christians right. on a plane. Right. Biggest on a plane. Right. I'm not going to say all Christians are biggest. I just feel like the acoustic guitar playing kind or a little bitch. What are y'all doing? No one asked. Like, imagine being on a plane for hours from your location. This, like, this could have been us heading to Disneyland, right? And then all of a sudden, someone's like, no. Someone just gets up. They're like, Don't the I'm sorry, hate everyone. Disney now, even uh, though Disney has been on their side. Well, uh, no, for no, a lot true. Of, a lot true. of stuff. True. Disney has been on their side, but they hate Disney now. Yeah, so maybe they're not fair. going to Disneyland. They well, won't be caught out there. Right. They're boycotting. Unless they're going to, right. Remember those uh, people with the uh, those signs, but right at the front of Disneyland? Yeah, they're boycotting Right, right, right. So that's, so that's they're why they're, like, that, we that's don't what they're playing. Gay. Right, right. And so we're high in the air, altitude, you know, a couple of thousand feet high in the sky. And all of a sudden, someone's like, um, show of hands here if someone here can tell me what a woman is. And it's like, we doing this? We're having this conversation on the plane because I was trying to go to sleep. I'm awake now. Because you're about to say something fucked up, and I already know that you are. It's true. And I didn't even know who's at that one seat where people are supposed to be prepared to take action, if, if necessary, like somebody, like a vet or whatever that seat. I don't know who's there. I don't know if they're ready to take you out, but I just know that now I'm up and I'm riled up, and it's about to it's about to be up. That's how the marshals get involved. Yeah. So no one wants drama like that on a fucking plane. And that's what. Yeah, that's how I felt. Some of these. False lessons where we're assaulting me this season. And I didn't I didn't ask for any of this. And I didn't go looking for this. It found me. If I wanted to, if I wanted Christian dogma and things like that, I don't even know what I would watch. But I would right. find something right. on right. WGN to satisfy those needs. That's not where I'm at this time. I was looking for escapism. From the patriarchy, from the fuck shit, from the nonsense. And they said, we're bringing the fuck shit, the nonsense, and the patriarchy. To you. To you. Screen. Right, right. To you. To a screen near you. That's what we're doing. Get ready. Mm, I'm surprised they didn't say I something like. I had to kill you. No, right? I'm really sorry. I don't believe you, Laura. You're not sorry. You loved it. That's you relished like, in it. You like, reveled in it. Y'all put like a commercial, like Sarah McLaughlin in, in the show. That's like kind of what you did. It's weird. It's like them looking dead at this camera and going, we're here to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. Like, why? <laughs> how did you get here? Right, right, right. How, how are you spamming me in my... Right, I'm watching my program. Why is your spam in my program? Well, and that's what they serve Questions, any dances that we'll probably never, ever, ever, ever get. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Mm. Ever, ever. And it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, no, no, you're right. It is it what is it is. What it is. Like and Sandra O said, no. it is what it is, bruh. And this... And we will continue as we are, as we do, as yes. we must. Yes. Dragging, killing Eve. Right. Until uh, well, we will see take until, me right, to a new planet. Right, exactly. A new planet. I want to be right. A new reality. Right. The place and where... even then, I'm going to tell the aliens, yo, <laughs> let me tell y'all about killing Eve, bro. You want to hear about some homophobia, bitch? Uh, they're like, didn't we erase the killing Eve from the members? I don't know. Right. Keep, it keeps piecing itself back together. They can't erase killing Eve no. from me. They removed mm-hmm. some of my jobs if they remove killing Eve. Many of my jokes. No, no. Well, right, right. My current update to sapphic jokes has a lot to do with killing Eve. Appreciate that. Uh, for those of you who have hung on and listened to this next portion of the Grand Odyssey, which is the end of Killing Eve, well, trust me, we we understand. And thank you for continuing to listen and continuing to support. So that about does it for episode seven. So until next time, here's hoping you get killed by a woman. Yes, and you guys, make sure that woman is eating worms because you deserve better. Villanelle deserves better. She deserves better. We deserve better. I deserve better. Avoid the wormy bitches, all right? Till next time. Bye. It's like totally murder.